This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 263. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Laughs here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, I will share a recent interview that I did with Keith Weinhold on the Get Rich Education podcast, where we discussed the infinite banking concept. In this interview, I also shared the wealth formula I learned from my mentor years ago, and how to create and build systems and processes that provide consistency and that you can automate and manage to help you achieve your wealth goals. Get Rich Education is one of the top investing podcasts on iTunes, and I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Keith. Keith Weinold is a Rich Dad advisor. You can access all of his Rich Dad advisor articles at richdadadvisors.com, and you can also download a copy of Keith's new book, Seven Money Myths That Are Killing Your Wealth Potential at GetRichEducation.com. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja to 44222. To ensure you never miss one of our episodes, you can download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Today's guest is a wealth architect and strategist educator, and he's a financial freedom fighter. He's the president and CEO of Valhalla Wealth Financial and hosts the popular podcast, Cash Flow Ninja. He helps people eliminate the control of banks and financial institutions and challenge existing societal belief systems and just all this misinformation around money, saving, investing, wealth, and retirement. Welcome to Get Rich Education, MC Laubscher. Thank you so much for having me on, Keith. Uh, excited to be on your show and uh, honored to be here. Share a bit of your background with us first. Keith, I'm originally from South Africa, so I came uh, to the United States in 2001 with uh, a backpack, one suitcase, a sense of humor and a sense of adventure. And <laughs> I grew up in a pretty historic uh, time period in uh, South Africa's history in 1991. President Nelson Mandela was released from prison. In 1994, he became the first democratically elected president in that country. So it really impacted the way that I view the world and my approaches to everything that I do. And then when I got to the United States, I started playing rugby, actually in a city-based national rugby league. And on traveling for uh, sports, I came across this little purple book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of where that journey started for me. I learned everything I could about investing, real estate, creating wealth and building wealth. And uh, during that time, I kind of uh, fell into uh, a mentor. And I say I fell into because I uh, 
I'm honest uh, to admit that I didn't know that was what you were supposed to do at that stage, right? And I learned everything in the real estate industry. Um, they were investing in a lot of very large multifamily unit apartment buildings in the city of Chicago. So learn the real estate business from the ground up with them starting basically performing maintenance for them to eventually doing property management, held a real estate brokerage license, which I looked at acquisitions, what they buy, what they sell, how they buy, which properties they held onto, which ones they let go and sold. So really, really learned a lot about not only real estate investing, but wealth building. And that took me in several different directions. But currently, as you mentioned, I am the president and CEO of Valhalla Wealth. We help busy people like entrepreneurs and investors grow their wealth outside of Wall Street. Uh, we combine asset classes in a really holistic approach to give our clients control over predictable systems and processes to help them collapse time in their wealth plan and achieve results that uh, take most people 30 to 40 years. And then I'm also the creator and host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast, where I interview Cashflow Ninjas on how to create income streams from real estate, businesses, commodities, paper assets, and also digital assets like crypto and distributed ledger technologies, also known as as blockchain. So guests uh, that I've had on there has been Robert Kiyosaki, Kevin Harrington, Jim Rogers, and also Bitcoin billionaire Roger Veer. Yeah, well, that's great. And you mentioned Robert Kiyosaki in the influence of that little purple book that you read after you had moved to the United States, Ristad Portad. And it's amazing, MC. Sometimes I don't think we can even go one month on this show without some mention of that book, but I absolutely love it because it's been so influential. Today with Valhalla Wealth, you meet with so many prospective clients and people and, and families and even a lot of professionals that are very good at what they do. And they might be highly educated in their own discipline, whether that's engineering or whatever it happens to be. What are some of the main reasons really that you see people struggle financially, even people with a high degree of formal educational attainment? A lot of them struggle financially because not only did they not have any real class on money from kindergarten to 12th grade, you might have a business class, but you don't really have it on how you personally handle money, personal finance. You also don't get that personal finance course in college. And then when you get out in the working world, your employer sure isn't going to tell you about it either. So, so many people struggle financially. What are some of the commonalities that you see among all the people that you deal with at Valhalla Wealth? You really hit the nail on the head there with our education system because it truly doesn't prepare people for the new economy and the information age and doesn't really teach us anything about money. It's truly a Prussian school a system model that worked in the industrial age since it produces workers and employees and also obedient and patriotic soldiers. And we're just no longer in a jobs economy. Also, we have a skills economy and we compete in a constantly rapidly changing environment. So they don't teach anything about the most important things in life, right? Health, <laughs> relationships and money in school to prepare. And then some of the other things, too, as you mentioned, there's a lot of very educated folks that struggle financially because not only are they not taught anything about money, but the current financial planning model is unproven and is really designed to enrich Wall Street. It's based on the accumulation model, not cash flow. It's also based on a model which outsources the wealth management in your life to someone else. 
So you're really taking a lot of your control away from your own life by doing that. And I've touched on the rapidly changing environment. I think that is also one thing that I see why they struggle is because they're not cognizant of this rapidly changing environment around us. And we just have to take a look here in the United States where we're at. We're extremely indebted as as a nation. States are broke. Municipalities are broke. There is a ton of other problems with Social Security, Medicare and so forth. And then there's, uh, you know, there's other issues uh, such as huge trends, the baby boomer trend uh, going into their retirement year. So a lot of different factors and a lot of things play into that. But I think the rapidly changing environment really, really plays into why a lot of people struggle combined with uh, the lack of financial education. I like the way that you said something. A lot of people outsource their financial control to somebody else rather than seizing it themselves. And a lot of people just don't realize that they can seize it themselves. And a lot of people, well-educated professionals, again, just don't know what they don't know. Five years ago, I was still an employee in the working world, and I had a lot of my employees that knew I had a great interest and I was receiving this passive income from real estate investing. So one of the people I invited, my coworker in that workaday job, to a real estate investor meeting that evening, he had his master's degree in engineering and he had his PE, his professional engineering license, very well-educated guy, very sharp guy. And his main takeaway from that investor meeting is, oh, I never really thought about the fact that real estate could pay you income every month. I just thought about the fact that it either goes up or goes down in value. If only a small group of people have figured it out and are building wealth in any economy, why are we following the advice that the majority of people are following that are struggling financially? So we've mentioned Robert Kiyosaki. He always talks about be careful of your teachers and your mentors. And, you know, there's still this paradigm of the millionaire next door. But (laughs) we know that the millionaire next door really doesn't exist anymore. It's uh, cash flow millionaires that are thriving in, in this new economy. But I think from a philosophical approach to creating and building wealth is there's a couple of things that we teach. And the first thing is that you are the greatest and biggest asset that you will ever have in your life. You're the creator of all assets and income streams in your life. So to be able to increase this asset and the value of this asset, to be able to create value for others is just super, super key in this new economy. We're all unique. We have different backgrounds. We have different stories. Uh, We all have something that we are great at, you know, a so-called stupid human trick, right? Right. Something that just comes naturally to us. So I think that's one thing that we, we completely lose sight of when we plan for wealth. So The other thing that we look at is when it comes to wealth, we have to understand and be very clear what it is that we want. Because if we don't know what we want, (laughs) it's very difficult to create a plan that's going to get you there. So be very, very clear on your vision. Be very, very specific and clear on exactly what you want. It might be a, a number, a cash flow number. And then the second thing that ties into that is why. Why does that matter? Why does it matter that you want that? And then the third question you have to ask yourself is, who do I need to become tying back into your greatest asset to be able to achieve this? Because you have to put that at the forefront of your wealth plan, which is you. You can't escape it, right? My philosophy is not to hand over money to someone else and outsource wealth management as as we touched upon. So once we've established kind of that, then you can bring in people to help you, a team of A players and all stars and and all the areas that you need, like tech strategists and so forth, 
that this is kind of their speciality and their special high income skill set. Possibly they're even their stupid human trick, as I mentioned, right? And they can help you build processes and systems to help you implement and execute this plan to get you to exactly where you want to go. So I just want to say again, remember, you're at the forefront of this. You're still the leader. You're in control, and you're always in control of these systems and processes. Your best investment is you, and you are entirely up to you. So, yeah, philosophically, I mean, that's one thing, but what are some actionable strategies and tactics that you utilize within wealth planning as a wealth architect? Yeah, some of the actionable stuff, where to start, right, is the first thing is we have to look at kind of uh, the wealth formula. One wealth formula that a mentor shared with me is uh, the basically the equation for financial capital is to combine our mental capital with our relationship capital. And that brings the financial capital into our life. And the goal is then to convert that financial capital into cash flow. And that's kind of where we kind of back reverse engineer this process. So you start with that cash flow goal in mind. And let's just say, you know, it's a lot of people talk about a freedom number. And let's just say it's $10,000 a month, which is about $120,000 a year. Then we can kind of look at what is our strengths, what are the things that we're passionate about, what is aligned with our high income skill sets, and where can we get a certain return, right? So let's just hypothetically say we can get a 12% cash on cash return on a certain investment. We could work it backwards then and say, well, you're probably going to have to need around about a million dollars at work to get that $120,000 of cash flow per year looking at that return. So if you look at the vehicle and let's just say you choose real estate and, you know, let's just say we use turnkey uh, real estate, then we could say, you know, hypothetically, let's just say we could buy 10 properties for $100,000 each. Well, now we've achieved that goal if they're paid off. But there's a there's another variable we have to consider, and that's time. So how do we reduce and collapse that time in our plan to accomplish that results and the outcome what we wanted? So again, that's the still the, the accumulation approach was how long would it take me to accumulate that $1 million, right? Which traditional conventional planning is based on to eventually pay off that 10 homes, have that cash flow coming in. And when we look at the cash flow model, the questions that we should ask ourselves is, How do we accelerate this? What are some of the wealth accelerators? How do I develop cash flow, put it at work, create more cash flow, invest it? And some of the strategies we talk about is wealth capture because money flows through our personal economy every day, every minute, right? How can we capture that commercial banks do in this pool of money they have? The second wealth accelerator is leverage. How do we leverage the money that we've captured? And the third one that I like to talk about is dollar maximization. How do we position every dollar in our personal economy to do more than one job simultaneously? And that brings into the fourth lever, which is compound and multiply. How do we position ourselves and our assets that we have right now along with our skill sets and be able to position it for maximum efficiency and have all these wealth accelerators and levers work for us? So a lot of the plans that we structure – have systems for liquidity, income, and growth. I just touched on the, the systems and processes that your that your team of A players help you build. So some of the things that we teach as part of our liquidity, we use high cash value life insurance. 
specifically structured whole life insurance vehicle according to the infinite banking concept with mutual insurance companies. Then we leverage the cash values to use in our income system where we invest in asset classes such as real estate. In that, and then we also have, after these two systems have been established, a liquidity system, a income system, we can establish a growth system where we look at how to really growth and multiply it. And there's different vehicles that we use for that as well. But I think that the big takeaway here is to really, really start at a point and really start breaking it down because uh, if you can break down the steps, and put that plan together, you're going to have a much clearer picture of exactly it is where you want to go. You're listening to the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Alhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. You're listening to the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. Yeah, well, you brought up a few of my favorite words there, MC. One of them is leverage. You know, as investors out there, and we're being growth oriented, we often think about, okay, now how can I get enough liquidity stored up so that I can go ahead and buy my next, you mentioned turnkey property, we'll just say turnkey property. But you know, another question that people need to ask themselves that they don't often think of rather than just accumulating that next liquidity ball is, what can I currently do with the resources that I have now to go ahead and leverage those? For example, one thing is I talk about equity that you currently have in your properties and it's illiquid and it's unsafe and its rate of return is already zero. So you might think of doing an equity transfer. And you mentioned something else that you can go ahead and name as a resource that someone can use that they might already have. And they're just not utilizing their existing liquidity and they're just not harnessing the power of it enough. And that's the infinite banking concept strategy that you utilize for investing in business and assets as something that can produce income streams. So just share a bit more with us about that, this structured whole life insurance policy that you touched on. Yeah, Keith, it's a very specifically designed insurance vehicle with whole life insurance. This is not your average whole life insurance out there. It's also called high cash value life insurance. Cash flow banking is words that it's out there too. Family banking. And basically what it is, it's a specifically structured insurance vehicle that maximizes the cash value again to that liquidity part and system of your plan. And if it's done and it's structured correctly, it's going to give you control and cash flow in it. A liquidity, as we mentioned, there's guarantees on principles and growth. There's dividends with these mutual insurance carriers. And the growth inside there is tax-free. You know, the biggest wealth destroyer that's out there is taxes. And our philosophy is please pay all your taxes, right? We don't want to take pictures in orange jumpsuits of you, but pay your taxes on the seed, not the harvest. And you don't have to leave Uncle Sam a tip. Mm. And then uh, it is a private asset 
provides asset protection in many states that is out there. There's a lot of flexibility with this. But I think the most important part of this strategy is that, as I mentioned, it captures your wealth just as like you can do with with real estate and it allows you to then leverage it. So this is a great vehicle to do that and utilize the strategy in because you can access your cash value through a policy loan from the insurance company. So it's not that you draw down an account as you do with other qualified retirement plans. But dovetailing this as your liquidity with income, such as real estate, is extremely, extremely powerful because it truly is two asset classes that maximizes the positioning of your overall wealth uh, to protect against wealth destroyers. It provides cash flow in both of these vehicles. There's equity appreciation in both of them. It allows you controlled leverage, and if done correctly, there's an inflation hedge. So uh, I always chuckle, as I mentioned, I had a, a real estate brokerage license at, at one stage, and when I started learning both industries and both vehicles, I just started chuckling because you know, Keith, that the tax code is really a blueprint of how to build wealth. Sure. And uh, some of the similarities that I saw in these, for instance, you know, real estate, there's a 1031 exchange and insurance is a 1035 exchange and, <laughs> and so forth. It was very, very, very intriguing. So I think the big takeaway for your listeners with regards to the strategy is that you have to set up a liquidity. Money has to reside somewhere. I don't trust the banks and a place that provides guarantees, tax-free growth, and then to be able to leverage that and utilize that in your income system that provides income streams. Okay, so just breaking it down to the really simple here, let me give you an example. If one of us were to go ahead and accumulate liquidity in this structured whole life insurance policy through the infinite banking concept. And like you mentioned, MC, it does need to be set up correctly. It needs to be structured a certain way. So say me as an investor, if I want to go ahead and purchase my next turnkey property and I'm trying to accumulate $20,000 for a down payment, well, what I might currently do is go ahead and siphon off $1,000 from my paycheck every month into my Bank of America checking account or into my Wells Fargo savings account. So rather than putting that $1,000 per month there, instead, we're putting this into the cash value of a structured whole life insurance policy that's in our name, and it resides there. Rather than earning next to nothing in the banks, what kind of a rate of return could we expect in this example where I'm contributing $1,000 per month into this policy? Yeah, and that's a great question. And the rate of return at certain stages is different because there is a loading phase, as we call it in there, because there are insurance costs initially. But some of the dividends of these mutual insurance companies that have been around for almost 200 years ranges around 6 to 7%. Now, I've touched upon dollar maximization as well. So uh, this is one thing that this allows you to do as well. Instead of putting your money into Bank of America, where you become part of someone else's banking system, and the money really truly is just doing only one job for you at that stage, accumulating, directing it into a vehicle such as this, it's doing many, many more jobs as simultaneously. So as I've mentioned, just as in real estate, there's cash flow. There's definitely a better return than you, what you can get in the bank. This is money that you can access at any time. It's tax-free growth, so there's no 1099s to worry about. 
Yeah, and there's guarantees on the growth and the dividends that you get as part of that. So that's why I like this vehicle as part of an overall strategy. And that's one thing that I would uh, would say to your listeners is we have to look at wealth and wealth strategies as part of systems and processes. So we tend to uh, be very, very product focused and just look at different products individually. The real power comes not just from the way that this is structured or the the, the real estate, but the combination of both of them, which allows you to, to control two assets simultaneously. And then I mentioned reduce the time that it'll take that because of the control that you have in redirecting cash flows into your own money system. Let's just talk some more about the real benefit here, just sort of sticking with this example. Say I put $1,000 per month in for quite a long period of time, and it's also getting the benefit of a 6 to 7% interest rate accumulation. Say I accumulate $60,000 there over a period of years. From what I've learned is you can't quite get access to all 100% of the cash value at any moment, but maybe up to 80, 90%. So say that way I could go ahead and pull $50,000 out of this structured whole life policy through the infinite banking concept. With that 50K, What I can do is I've kind of pulled that money out of my account so I can go ahead and buy some property with it or whatever. So now I have that $50,000 out there, probably leveraged, probably cash flowing, probably getting a lot of the benefits that real estate investors have with that 50K. However, that 50K, and you sort of touched on it, we have the ability to make this work two places at the same time, even though in a sense I've kind of taken the money out of my policy and I have that $50,000 working in real estate. I've really just borrowed against it, and I still have the $50,000 inside the policy earning 6 to 7% interest for me because I've more so borrowed against it than I have gone ahead and extracting it out of there. So therefore, say I get a 12% return from the real estate, which is pretty conservative, but I know you mentioned 12% before. Now, because I have this $50,000 working for me two places at the same time, I have it getting 12% return from real estate and a 6 to 7% return from the policy. So now I have an 18 to 19% return. And basically, I've just created arbitrage for myself, a tailwind in my investing life. I've created a 6 to 7% arbitrage above and beyond whatever I've invested that money in because I've just borrowed against that cash value in the policy. Yeah, and the arbitrage, too, is that there is an interest rate that you would pay to access this money. So that's 5%. So what banks are doing, and I love what you touched on earlier about leveraging our own assets and then combining it with the assets of other people, which is exactly what you're doing here in your example. So the banking model, usually the same thing. They take deposits, they pay out almost nothing, but there's some value to having a bank account. And then they take the money and they borrow that out. The arbitrage that they're doing is what they're paying for that money that they're getting in and then leveraging out. So that side of the arbitrage, too, is something that I'm looking at. And personally, it's made me a better investor because I'm looking at 5%, which there's a cost to money regardless of where your money resides, right, even if it's under your mattress. So I know that it's going to cost me 5%. So it makes me a very, very diligent and very disciplined investor to look at other vehicle closets and assets because I am looking at that arbitrage between the 5% and using this example, the 12% as well. And then my money, as you've mentioned, is on the other side of this quote-unquote system, liquid, growing, tax-free, 
So it does do a lot of different things simultaneously as a solid foundation for this overall wealth plan that we have and, and part of my liquidity system. So in the example that I gave, did I just happen to mention everything correctly except for the 5% interest that you're paying when you borrowed against the cash value of your policy? Yes, you've summarized it pretty well that you're borrowing at 5% to, to access that money. And the other thing that I, that I would also say, this might be a first question that folks had, would, why would insurance companies do this? And insurance companies are very, very well run and very, very profitable. That's why Warren Buffett loves them and owns a lot of insurance companies. They are guaranteed to get the payback of that because there's a death benefit and there's also the cash value. So basically, they're protected two ways of that loan that they're extending to you for the investment, and then you get to leverage it at 5%. Sure. We're talking about some of the most durable companies here, perhaps in America's history, these mutual insurance companies that have been around for a couple of hundred years. That's who you're dealing with for these infinite banking policies. Absolutely. Uh, been a, a lot of them have been around since the mid-1800s. They've weathered recessions, market crashes, depressions. Even during the last financial crisis, it is just quite intriguing to see how they performed. And uh, a lot of them, they did not even bat an eyelid. They've gone on. They have millions and some of them billions of dollars in excess reserves on their books. And we're talking about mutual insurance companies here specifically. They're not listed on the stock exchanges the shareholders of a mutual insurance company is the policyholders. So it truly takes you back to the foundational roots and value that with the establishment of insurance companies in communities initially. Well, there sure are a lot of mechanics and details around the infinite banking concept. And there's just no way that we could cover them all in one show. But are there just any sort of final takeaways that someone ought to know if they're thinking about accelerating their growth through the infinite banking concept? Yeah, I would say that it has to, one of the big uh, threats is it has to be set up correctly. So there are practitioners and really good groups out there, uh, infinite banking practitioners, authorized infinite banking practitioners across the country. And there's different groups that can set these up. Make sure that you find the correct professional to help you set it up with the correct company, because those are two of the big things that will have the strategy not work for you. And then just some of the biggest takeaways that I would leave your listeners with as well as remember, as you talked about, Keith, as well, you're still your greatest and biggest asset. The strategies that you bring in, you're in control of it and the systems and processes that these professionals will set up for you. You're still the leader of this in your life and achieving financial freedom. Yeah, and I think basically the younger that you are, the more it's going to help you, although this can help an investor at any age. What should a person do if they want to find out more about the infinite banking concept? Keith, there's a presentation that they can access uh, that I did for your listeners at yourownbankingsystem.com. It's yourownbankingsystem.com. I cover a lot there in a lot more detail, and I give a lot more of specific examples of how to utilize it. So that might be something that they want to look at. And there's also a course with a link on that page that they can access. And uh, if they want to further educate themselves on the concept and uh, having something like this as part of their system. 
Yeah, I really recommend checking that out. It is a powerful concept, but it takes a little bit of time for you to wrap your head around that. So Leverage is doing more with less, and Leverage is also doing more with what you've already got. MC Laubscher, thanks so much for coming out of the show. Thank you so much for having me, Keith. Thank you for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja podcast today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gosh Good newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 442. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.